Life is full of challenges. With an unpredictable economy and just as surprising life changes, you need to be prepared to weather any storm. Elder law and estate planning attorney Kevin Tharp and financial advisor Gary Anderson are available to help you with life's difficult decisions. This is Truth in Planning. Making connections. Connecting estate planning with special needs. I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And I'm today, I'm with uh, my special guest co-host, uh, Jackie Daniels and Kim Bell, and they are with uh, an organization that I have really supported for a number of years, really believe in. It's one of those few nonprofit organizations I found that really does what they promise to do, and uh, it's just an awesome organization, and it's called Connectability, and they are based out of Dahlonega, but they do a lot of work all over North Georgia. And I've been involved with connectability in all kinds of different levels, but uh, I've been on the board of directors. I was chairing the board of directors at one point, uh, but I'm a big sponsor of what they do and their organization because I know firsthand uh, what they do, and I know firsthand uh, the money that they raise and where it goes. And so welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. To being a co-host. Gary's off today, Gary Anderson, so I have uh, recruited two co-hosts, and I have to say that it's a nice, y'all are a nice co-host. <laughs> yes, you're a nice co-host. It's nice to look over on the other side of the microphone and see these two beautiful ladies that are here today. But um, let's, I want to take a second and talk about connectability and what you do, and then we're going to make that connection uh, to uh, estate planning and uh, special needs planning, because that's a lot of what y'all do in helping families and individuals and their families with who have special needs. And I think, Jackie, you started the organization because you were a special needs, special education teacher in the school system, correct? It was actually before my teaching career began ah. uh, when I was a, stu- a college student at North Georgia and was just looking for a way to connect with folks uh, mm-hmm. with of all abilities like I had been doing back at home and there was just nothing available in the area. So we began in the uh, end, of, end of the year in 2001. And from there you started connecting to other individuals who could do things that maybe you, obviously one person can't do everything for everybody. I know that uh, in my profession. Um, I know that in my family as well. It is hard to get one person that can do everything because sometimes when you try to do everything for everybody, you end up burning out. You end up actually not being as effective as you possibly can. So you're connecting people uh, according to their abilities mm-hmm. for their abilities. And you use a connection of somebody who has an ability in the area of, for example, a special needs law. Mm-hmm. And you connect them with a family who needs that assistance and help. And then and in turn, that makes that connection because then you make another connection in another area that they have. It kind of get the gist. Did I get the gist of it? That sounds about right. Okay. Yeah, just connecting people and bringing people together to share resources. Okay. And speaking of connections, it was Kim the number of years ago uh, that Kim joined the board. That was the first connection because you have some connections as well with uh, special needs and disabilities area as well. Yeah, so I actually started on the board at Connectability, I think, while you were the uh, director of the board, Kevin. And um, I was working at the time at Glisten Camp and Retreat Center directing a program 
for campers who had mild to moderate developmental disabilities. And we found that a lot of our connections overlapped, as connections often do. So um, we had a lot of the same folks in common, and certainly the, the heart of our mission um, was running through both organizations at the time as well. So it's not really an organization that you join. It's not like you can call up and say, hey, what's the annual membership charge for connectability? But there are a lot of people who have been involved in various ways with connectability over the years. Uh, Maybe they started out with they were uh, a family or their loved one and they made a connection. And from there, you help them in so many areas that they then went on to connecting by volunteering. Mm -hmm. And through that volunteering, then they spread the word to the next family that they knew in another area that could come on board. So primarily, what are the areas that you connect uh, your members to, those that associate with connectability? What are some of the ways that you can make those connections? Well, it happens in different ways according to each different situation, Mm because each person is different, each family is different. But we help people just listen to their story. It's a lot like what you do, Kevin, mm-hmm. um, where you just say, tell me about your situation. Tell me about your story. And then we're able to then connect them with resources in the community or get them plugged in with programs that we host as an organization that can help their family understand um, <clears throat> better about different supports available in the community, but also social connections and learning opportunities and just just how to be uh, involved in the community and, and be able to get plugged in. Yeah, and some of the practical ways that we do that are through our Race for a Reason program that partners um, runners with in-chair athletes and they form teams so that everybody can cross the finish line. So that has a a physical fitness component to it. Mm -hmm. We also have a lot of artistic folks that we connect with through our Thousand Words Photography Project. So for anybody that's been to your office, I know that you're covered up an awesome artwork from that project that we have um, where um, photographers connect and have a team. They go out and take pictures based on a theme. And so we try to find those common interests that connect folks. And you were mentioning, too, about families volunteering and the different ways that folks enter. And our mission statement is creating communities where people of all abilities are valued, included, and empowered And so inclusion looks like all. And for us, that's an important place where families who maybe they come in and volunteer, but they're also as much a part of the program as anyone else who perceives that the organization was created for them. And I know the connections that uh, started with me. I know you had mentioned the Thousand Words Project. That was probably... uh, that's probably one of my favorite things that I look forward to every year. I've never actually been a participant as far as a photographer, but I've always been involved and sponsored a table and, yeah. and just been involved. In, and it is an incredible, uh, incredible thing. And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that specifically in just a minute. But we're talking to Kim Bell and Jackie Daniels. They are uh, Jackie is the executive director, and Kim is the, I guess, associate director of community connections. There you so go. So I love this topic. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So she's making the community connections there, there. and they're with an organization called Connectability, and Connectability focuses on helping connect individuals with disabilities and their families and their family members mm-hmm. with different resources out there that can help them, from athletics to social to support 
things. Uh, so it's not just an organization that, hey, connects you to how I can find out about government benefits. That is a part of it, but it's not just the sole purpose uh, of connectability. And so uh, there are so many different ways that you can help the individual because somebody may come in and may be looking for how can I maintain or get government benefits, but somebody else may come in and say, look, I've got a situation where my or my family, I have others in my family that don't have uh, special needs or disabilities, and they need something because this is affecting them mm-hmm. and the relationship and the family. And I know you have sibling support groups. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another thing that I found uh, to be really uh, of, of benefit. I know I have family members. My youngest brother uh, has a, a son with special needs, and an organization like this would be so valuable for them. They live down in Macon or near Macon, uh, but something like this would be so beneficial for them. So when we come back, we're going to talk about how specifically we make this connection between estate planning and special needs planning. But until then, uh, ladies, give a little bit of your information. What's the best way for people to reach you and find out more information about connectability? Well, probably our website is a great way to learn about what we do. You can find that online at connectabilityinc.org. Yep, and also our social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram, and so we love to connect with folks through our social media as well. When we come back, we're going to talk more about making connections between estate planning and special needs planning. You're listening to Truth and Planning on North Georgia's News Talk AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. Making connections, more on how estate planning and special needs are connected. I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And today on Truth and Planning, I have two very special guest hosts, uh, Kim and Jackie, and they're with Connectability. And we were talking earlier in the previous segment about some of the things that Connectability does, and it connects people with disabilities and special needs according to their ability in different areas from athletics, like race for a reason. They have a 5K uh, at the, usually at the 1st of September. Uh, They have uh, social events. They have a talent show. Uh, Sometimes you've even had a prom with themes. I know one of them was with Star Wars, and I think that was one of the coolest things. (laughs) Um, But one of the uh, events that they have every year is one of the events that actually connected me to connectability because I had uh, been referred uh, with a a family, and Jonathan was the young man who had special needs. And uh, his mom and his dad were my clients, and they mentioned to me about this event. And it was called A Thousand Words, and I said, wow, this is really, this sounds interesting. And so they introduced me to Jackie, and we met and, and, and talked about uh, how I could help them. And uh, so I got invited. Well, Pam, I think, was the, one of the main speakers, and she was talking about Jonathan's story. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they started uh, displaying the pictures that were around. And some of the pictures, all I can say, were simply amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and daughter came with me, and we both all had the same thing. These pictures were amazing. And many of the photographs were from their son, Jonathan, and how he spoke behind with those pictures 
when he got behind a camera, it was like he was a chatterbox. Mm -hmm. It became incredible, some of the pictures that he took. And many of those pictures uh, he took at Gibbs Garden was one Mm -hmm. one year, some black and whites. And I have several of Jonathan's uh, work displayed. In fact, I have a hall in my office, Gary and I's office. We call it the Connectability Hall, where you go down and you'll see all the pictures over the years that we've uh, purchased as a part of this Thousand Words Mm -hmm. uh, gala. And Jonathan was a big part of it Mm -hmm. um, and many of his pictures. Another one of my favorites is it's a picture, and it's really just a pizza, and it's got French fries around it, and (laughs) topped off of it is chicken nuggets. Uh And everybody's looking at that, and it's like and the label down at the bottom is Jonathan's favorite food groups, and, you know, and it's – it's all his favorite foods he put theme together. might have been love that, that was, year. You love the that theme year. was love. Was so it? The same year, the famous uh, bacon pictures yep. as well. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I tried to bid on that one, and I don't think I got that one. But it, one of the pictures I was trying to bid on was uh, a beautiful picture of the uh, bridge there in the reservoir as you're going uh, just outside of UNG. In fact, it's a part of the race when you go through the race. And so I wanted that picture, and I was bidding on that picture and I was sending my daughter over it's a silent bid so every time she'd go over and look and it would go up by 50 bucks and she'd say dad it's gone up by 50 bucks and so then I found out that I was bidding against the grandmother of the person who took the picture (laughs) so I decided I'll let her win and then I'll I'll buy another one on top of it and so I ended up getting that picture as well so good so the thousand words project so how that made that connection is uh Jonathan's mom, Pam, and his dad were looking for somebody to help them in the area of special needs planning Mm -hmm. and connecting it to their estate planning Mm -hmm. because there wasn't anybody that really, you know, the advice they were being given was, uh, well, you can't leave Jonathan anything. If he's getting any sort of, has a disability and getting any sort of government benefits, you can't leave him an inheritance. So you need to leave it to a sibling, but there are no siblings. And who is going to help him? Uh, when mom and dad are gone and take care of him. And so that's where the connection between myself and connectability was first made. And that's one of the areas that you help people with is you connect them when there is a need. Mm -hmm. If one of your families, uh, we don't call them members, you can one of our families and one of your families and you make that connection. So um, tell, tell me a little bit about the resources that you have Uh, to connect to other areas? Sure. Uh, Well, we have a plethora of connections with all kinds of different agencies and other organizations. And you know, it's so specific to the needs of each family. Mm -hmm. And it changes even with the same person and the same diagnosis as they age and grow and uh, needs change and family dynamics change. So we just have a whole whole host of resources that we can connect folks with whether it's like you mentioned before, government benefits and how to balance all those complicated applications, particularly with younger kids or with families who are making that transition from high school uh, into adulthood. Uh, things about people ask us about doctor's offices um, and dentists and you know practical things that you and I might not even consider, but they have to take a lot more consideration into their child's needs. Um, and uh, even caregivers, folks to help them come into the home and things like that. Uh, we just try and help make those connections. Um, and and really, what we love to see is introducing people who wouldn't ordinarily cross paths to just build those relationships. And that might look like, a, for example, a photography team or one of our racing teams 
getting together periodically to run or to take pictures. But then it might look like Sunday morning they go to church together and uh, they are invited to family functions together. And it becomes more than just a partnership. It develops into an actual relationship. And as we have seen through Jonathan and so many other people, um, everybody has a lot to offer. And sometimes we have to provide a little bit more accommodations and make different arrangements for people to be able to contribute their gifts. But it's amazing to see what happens when you when you help bring those connections together. I know, Kim, the people that I have recommended to Connectability for different reasons have come and said that it is such a, for lack of a better phrase, a relief because I know uh, a lot of special needs parents, especially I call them special needs moms because my sister-in-law is one. Mm. They want to be and they try to be a resource for their loved one in everything. Yeah. And it's exhausting. It can yeah. be overwhelming to try to make all these connections and do everything from apply for the government benefits to find caregivers to find a special dentist. Navigating uh, the school system, paperwork, those kind of things. All of those well. things. Oh, yeah. And and when they made that connection with, with, with y'all, with connectability, mm-hmm. they found that it was such a relief because there is help there of you can't be and you don't have to be one thing for everybody. That's right. And you know what? We we recognize we don't have all of the answers, but we do have a lot of connections to a lot of people who have answers to the specific questions families have. So that's kind of the beauty of being a connector is that you don't have to know it all. You just get to know people who have more information and knowledge than you have. So that's ultimately what we hope to do when we connect with folks, whether it's phone or whether somebody pops into the office in any given moment. And you know what? It's a two-way street, Kevin, because yeah. we know of resources and we have our own experiences and connections. But a really important principle to us is everyone teaches and everyone learns. So we learn about other opportunities and resources from families and, and folks who are seeking information from us just as much as we can pass along to them. So it's very much a collaboration. And that's a lot of what I do because a lot of what I do, people don't know under completely appreciate what I do until they understand what it is that I'm doing for them. And so education is a big part of what I do as well. And that's one of the reasons I do this radio show. And uh, it's October. And so this month is uh, across the country is National Special Needs Law Month. And it's also National Estate Planning Month. So what a connection, uh, both happening to be in the same month, and what a connection. Uh, and that's why you're here today is to talk about that connection, because that's one aspect when people have questions about special needs. That's one question specifically they have is how is, if I, my son or daughter gets an inheritance, how is that going to affect their government benefits and everything else that's involved in their life? So we're going to talk about that connection uh, specifically when we come back. And again, give the uh, give our listeners uh, your connections and how they can connect with you from yeah. social media all the way to the website. Yeah, so we are on Facebook and Instagram at Connectability. And you can also find us on our website at ConnectabilityInc.org. You're listening to Truth and Planning on North Georgia's News Talk AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN.
A picture is worth more than a thousand words. I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And today I'm with my co-hosts, Kim Bell and Jacqueline Daniel, and they are uh, directors of the organization called Connectability. And one of the things that Kim particularly does is make connections in the community. And for years, I think one of the biggest connections in this community is how I got connected to Connectability was a uh, project called the Thousand Words Project. And it's more than just a fundraiser for connectability. It's also one of the programs that they connect many of our, our families to with other individuals. First, the first connection is they connect them to people who are photographers, sometimes uh, professional photographers or ones that are very, that's their hobby. And they connect individuals uh, who may not have necessarily are nonverbal or primarily nonverbal but their voice comes out when they start taking pictures. Mm-hmm. And I know, Kim, you had mentioned uh, that the theme of a thousand words is uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. But what was the add-on that you had to that? But what if a picture were your was your only word? Sorry, kind of stumbled over that uh-huh. one. Yeah, but that idea that, you know, some of us don't speak many words. But the opportunity the photography project has given, we've talked about Jonathan in particular already, um, has given him a voice. And that voice, I understand, Jackie, has gone international. That voice has shouted <laughs> across the Atlantic Ocean, wow. and we're really proud of that. Um, Jonathan was notified uh, just a couple months ago that he is an international award-winning photographer uh, with the Down Syndrome Association based in London. And uh, wow. one of his photographs has already been selected as a winner, and he's in the runnings uh, to win another award for People's Choice. And I think that picture was one of the ones that was open for bid at the last gala, and I think I purchased it. So can you give me an inside connection on getting his autograph to autograph that picture? <laughs> I'd be glad to. Yeah, man, I know a celeb. Wow, that's pretty Worldwide. cool. An international celeb. Mm-hmm. So he's hanging out with Paris Hilton and all the others across sure. the con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But it, it is amazing. Uh, it's almost like you have to see these pictures and understand, and his, you can hear his voice behind many of these pictures uh, in my connectability hall at my office I have one of the first pictures that I purchased uh, and he took it at Gibbs Garden and it was a black and white picture and Gary has one in his office uh, it is just it's amazing mm-hmm. uh, the volume that it speaks uh, when these when individuals like Jonathan have the opportunity it becomes their voice mm-hmm. and I know another uh, opportunity that connectability uh, presents to its families is the uh, ability to work. I know that there is a lot of assumptions out there uh, for people who just don't understand individuals with disabilities that they think because they have a disability, their ability to work is limited. And that's actually not the case. Uh, And there's many organizations out there that um, support individuals and their ability to work in different roles in different businesses. I know, in fact, Kim, you were saying, you know, every every month across the country, there's some sort of let's celebrate uh, month. This national something or another right. day. My understanding is ne- November is National Buy Your Favorite Lawyer a Donut Day. Oh, is that uh, right? Yes, okay. yes. So put I'm looking at November. Yes, then. put it down. It's November first through mm-hmm. the uh, not the whole month, but 
29 days out of the month. Yes, for okay, sure. Because I think the last two days are by your favorite radio producer, Two Donuts. Ah, so, yeah, great. So, uh, well. I'll, I'll let you know if I know, find a good radio producer. <laughs> I thought I'll let you know that. So, but. Na- October is also not only National Special Needs Law Month and a National Estate Planning Month, but it's also what month? National National Disability Employment. I can't speak words right now. <laughs> National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Wow. Yeah. So that's a, a lot to say, which is why I'm fumbling on it. But ultimately, what we hope to do is connect folks with meaningful work. We all desire to have purpose uh, in our life. And so our hope is that we can connect everyone with meaningful work, whether that's paid or unpaid or volunteerism. It can look a lot of different ways, but we all have something to contribute. I know one of my favorite movies is a movie called Dave, and this guy becomes the president of the United States because he looks like the president of the United States. And his main job is he's an employment recruiter. And so as president, he starts to launch this program about getting everybody in the country a job. But he, in his announcement, you can tell because his tone and his face change because he says, I've been a part of seeing when somebody gets a job and how it can change their life. And it makes such a positive impact. And he says, I know I have a little bit of experience in this. And I know y'all have a little bit of experience in that. And you've seen uh, with your families how this can impact and change their life if Uh, Because they feel valued. Mm -hmm. And this is an opportunity. uh, And some of the best workers out there are individuals who have disabilities. So a great great opportunity as well. Folks with different abilities bring so many unique perspectives and different uh, ideas of, of ways to, you know, find purpose and to share those gifts. And a lot of folks find a business and are employed in a business. Some people start their own business. Uh, according to their interests and their gifts. And Jonathan's working on starting his photography business uh, through through help from you and helping to navigate the complex and often confusing world of how do you balance uh, sharing your gifts and finding your purpose while possibly receiving a paycheck and not jeopardizing the benefits that you need to help you live a full and, uh, and, and successful life. Um, so that's a way that we really appreciate you helping families to understand that because you could ask uh, multiple different folks, even working at these government agencies, and get different answers that are often not correct. Um, and that's why I think it's so refreshing to sit down with you and you you are able to understand and keep up with all the changes and then really clearly communicate that to families, including my own. Yeah, so I don't go to conferences just to have fun, although I do have fun at conferences, but many of these conferences across the country are specifically focusing on, I know there's two every year uh, in different locations across the country. There's a national organization. There's two of them, actually, that I'm very active in, uh, the uh, National Association of Special Needs Lawyers and the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. Now, a lot of times people think, well, so what does elder law have to do with special needs? Well, it's a connection there because my mother was a special needs spouse. Uh, My dad was a special needs spouse. Uh, When you are married and you pass away and your spouse survives you, and like in my parents' case, you're much older, they may have a disability. My mother had uh, Lewy body dementia, Parkinson's. She was completely incapacitated in a nursing home. That is the definition of special needs. And so... 
you we prepared for that. We planned for that so they could have the balance of getting the government benefits to help them, but get some extras like be in a private room because sometimes it's helpful for that person to be in a private room rather than the share room in the nursing home. My dad had some special needs uh, because he lost his leg, so we got him a special chair, wheelchair. Uh, I didn't realize that there was a special wheelchair for people who have lost their leg, but it's different than a person who is unable to walk. And so we were able to get him access to that and make those connections for him because of the planning that he did. Uh, we did for him. So surviving spouses can be special needs just like a child or a grandchild. And there is that connection for estate planning. So there is that, and it's achieving that balance of making sure that they have the quality of life. They can work if they're able to. They can get their government benefits. They can get the extras that they may need uh, because of those special needs and that disability. It might just simply be getting them a specially equipped vehicle that can transport them to different places uh, that the ordinary person wouldn't necessarily need, Mm -hmm. but government benefits isn't going to cover that. And so I know we're seeing a lot of changes in in the area of what is considered special needs, what is considered, what is not considered special needs, what is government benefits going to cover and what they're not going to cover. And it takes a lot to keep up with those and that's why those organizations have those conferences twice a year. Yes, they may be at the beach, but that's the payoff. You know, you got you to gotta make that sacrifice and go to the beach, I guess. But it is uh, much like in your, uh, what y'all do is uh, connectability. I know there's conferences and things that you have to attend for special training to find and make these other various connections out there. Uh, I like to think of connectability out there is like the uh, back in the day when people had those divining rods and they were looking for wells and they were looking for water and sometimes I think that's what y'all do is y'all are given the divining rod and you're out there helping people find those sources and find those wells and uh, sometimes uh, I feel like maybe I'm the divining rod that can help you find that and then somebody else is another to help you find that. So connectability has just done such a tremendous work over the years and I know we'll continue to do so. So if you have the opportunity as a listener, reach out to them through their website. There's all kinds of ways that you can volunteer and assist and help them. Uh, But in the next segment, we're going to to talk about how how a law firm gets connected to a nonprofit organization. You're listening to Truth and Planning on North Georgia's News Talk AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. So what does connectability and Kevin Tharp have in common? I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And today's show is focused entirely on special needs planning and estate planning because October is special needs planning month. And it's also national estate planning month. So how is this connection? Since your organization is all about making connections, Kim, you're the... Uh, social connection director, what connection does a law firm, an estate planning law firm, have with a nonprofit organization like Connectability? And that's what I want to focus on today's show. Uh, We connect, y'all connect individuals, families, with other sources and resources that are out there. And I know many of your family's uh, members have a connection to government benefits, and particularly Medicaid. 
Uh, for the younger kids, it's Medicaid Katie Beckett waivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the older adults, it's adult Medicaid. In many cases, that Medicaid is their primary or only form of insurance. Sometimes it's Medicare when they when they get a little older. Uh, sometimes they have to be the Social Security government has to declare them to be disabled. Uh, they're getting SSI benefits as well. So how does all of that tie into estate planning? Well, as we talked about in the previous segment, there's a client, a mutual client that we have, uh, Pam and Randy and their son, Jonathan. And they were struggling with that issue because as parents, he was their only child. He is awesome in so many ways. But because of his disability, there were government benefits that were involved or potentially could be involved. And as a mom, uh, I know that Pam was very concerned about his caregiving, who would play that role when something happened to her or to her husband and who would step in that role and be a caregiving. So all of these connections, it's almost like a big bowl of spaghetti and there's all this stuff going around. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jackie, I know you and your organization, Connectability, helped her make that start in making some connections. And so uh, they got introduced to me or you got introduced to me through them, but we all made that connection. And so here's where... Uh, that connection is now made. When you get government benefits, it's all about resources. Mm -hmm. And to get them from the start, the government is asking you questions about what assets you have. Now, the government calls them resources, but we know that they're the same thing, assets and resources. We know that in that eligibility process, there's certain types of assets that do not count against you for eligibility purposes. Things like your home, Things like your retirement accounts, life insurance policies, personal stuff, automobiles. Uh, If you're married, you can have about $150,000 in bank accounts currently. That number goes up every year. And so we know that there are many types of assets that don't count. And that's the first connection that we make with clients because many of them come into this and they hear this information that if you have assets, you can't get this assistance from the government. And so the first connection we make is we talk to them about asset protection. And a part of asset protection is understanding that there are certain types of assets that are protected if you need government benefits. And one of the most common type of assets that people own is their home. Mm -hmm. So we first make that distinction of what type of assets do you have? And when people realize that, it's like they make that con- that connection is made. It's this light bulb of peace of mind comes over them. They're like, wow, I'm not going to lose my home because of I, my family or loved one, or I need these government benefits, whether it's nursing home or whether it's SSI benefits, that you're not going to lose your home. Now, one, there are assets that unfortunately are not protected. And one of those, chief among those, is an inheritance doesn't matter the size of the inheritance. And here's what I found, the connection that I made years ago. An inheritance is a reality for everybody because I've never met a person in my life that doesn't own an asset. I know uh, in doing planning recently for a family, one of the uh, children were, were there and they asked, well, I, you know, I'm just starting my job. I just graduated college. Uh, I don't really need to do any estate planning. And I said, well, do you have a job? Yeah. Do you get a paycheck? Yeah. 
where do you put that paycheck? Do you put it underneath your mattress or bury it in the backyard? He goes, no, I put it in a bank account. You have an asset. Do you drive to work or do you ride a bike or do you walk? And he says, well, I drive. You got a car. You got an asset. At your work, do you have a retirement account? Well, yeah, I put money into it and the company matches it. You've got an asset. And that's a reality for everybody. I've never met anybody in my life that doesn't have an asset. I've never met anybody in my life that doesn't have a wish about what they want to happen to those assets. And I know especially with families who have an ind- have a loved one with special needs, with a disability, they have extra special wishes. Their concerns are a little bit, uh, and they're very focused about making sure those wishes are carried out. And so that's the first question that they ask these family members present to you is, how can we make sure that our loved one is taken care of? Because we all recognize this universal thing. And this is why National Estate Planning Month really applies to all of us. I've never met a person in my life that isn't going to die. So if we're all going to die owning assets and we all have wishes about what we want to happen to those assets, an inheritance is something that our loved one is going to receive. And I do know this. If you don't have a plan, they're going to receive that inheritance based on what the state of Georgia says they're going to get. And I can promise you the state of Georgia is not concerned about protecting your loved one. And that loved one can be a surviving spouse. That loved one can be an adult child. It can be a child who's underage. But they're going to receive an inheritance. So the question is not are they going to receive an inheritance, how they receive it. And if you uh, leave it to them in the right way, then that inheritance becomes a protected asset. And the way you do that, mom and dad, the way you do that, grandparents, is you leave it to them through a trust. Now, for mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, it starts out as a revocable trust for them. They put this wish in there that when I pass, I want to leave this to my son or my daughter or my grandson or my granddaughter. And they put that in their revocable trust, much like you would do in a will. You go ahead and title all of your assets in coordination with that revocable trust. This trust may be funded entirely for your loved one when you pass, but you've got to start, mom and dad and grandparents, with your trust and titling your assets in the name of your trust now while you're living. And then when you pass, your trust for your son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter becomes a special needs trust. And it's funded with your assets. And that special needs trust allows them to receive and use and benefit from this inheritance without jeopardizing their government benefits. So the first connection between estate planning and special needs planning is make sure that if you have a loved one in your family who has special needs, whether they're getting government benefits or not, but especially if they are, you need to make sure you make that connection between estate planning and special needs planning. You don't have to leave them out. I know many of my clients over the years have told me, uh, and I'm sure y'all have heard the same thing, report back that attorneys have told people, oh, you can't leave so-and-so an inheritance. You can't leave your child an inheritance. you got to leave them out. Or worse, leave it to their sibling and let their sibling use it to take care of them. And that's not the connection we want to make. So if you're out there, if you're a listener, 
and you have somebody in your family who has special needs, we can make that connection for you. It's not a complicated connection, but there are some basic steps that you got to go through, three of them, and we walk you through that. And we make that connection between estate planning and protecting your loved one who has special needs or disabilities. And so if you're uh, out there as a listener, there is a resource out there for you. There's a resource out there for you to make different connections in different areas. And Connectability is, is the best organization, in my opinion. That's why I support and have supported them for a number of years and will continue with God's blessings, continue to be a blessing to them. And so, ladies, I really uh, have enjoyed y'all being here today, and um, I hope you come back very soon. You've been listening to Truth and Planning on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN.